0: Well, thank God. How many of you are grateful for Jesus? How many of you are grateful for the Holy Spirit? If you have your Bibles, we're going to start in 1 Corinthians 14 in just a minute. Uh, If you're a guest here, and we want to just thank you so much for being here. If you want to stop by the welcome desk on the way out, we've got these uh, connection cards. We'd love for you to fill one of those out. We'll We'll mail you... A gift and tell you a little bit more about what's going on here, and that helps us get connected with you. Thank you so much for spending part of your weekend with us. We really appreciate it. Um, also, if uh, you want to join us for Christmas Eve, we're having a special Christmas Eve service, uh, Christmas Eve, the 24th, <laughs> at, at 4 p.m. right here. We will not have church the next morning, We wanted, because that's Christmas. We wanted to give everybody the morning off. And we uh, didn't want to do a whole bunch of manual labor that day. So <laughs> anyway, being a mobile church, it has its blessings and its challenges. We're doing this series about the Holy Spirit. And uh, so everybody just take a deep breath with me. Everybody say chill. Everybody relax. I don't know why necessarily, but well, actually I do know why. Um, when, when we start talking about the Holy Spirit and stuff starts happening, he starts touching people and everything, and sometimes sometimes anxiety starts to come and we think, what's, what's going on and, and why is stuff happening to this person and maybe not me or, or I hope none of that happens to me or I hope it does happen to me or uh, all these kinds of things. And uh, There's just this truth that there is a tangible reality. You're point number one in your blanks there. There's a tangible reality to God's presence. God's real. How many of you believe that? And if he shows up right now, that's that's bad. I shouldn't use that terminology. He's always here. Yes. If he begins to come out and manifest or make himself plain, then things happen. And sometimes uh, they manifest he manifests physically. People feel things. People laugh. People fall over. People cry. How many of you have ever cried in church? It's okay to cry in church. It is the oldest and most widely accepted manifestation of the Holy Spirit. You can cry in just about any church and not get in trouble. Amen. <laughs> Number two, there are lots of different ways in which the Holy Spirit manifests or reveals Himself. And I want you to notice this. It's pride at worst and foolishness at best to latch on to one particular manifestation and say it is superior to all the others. What do I mean by that? The Holy Spirit loves to reveal Himself in a wide variety, more ways than I can count, to lots of different people. And what tends to happen in church is that for whatever reason, a group of people begins to focus on one particular manifestation and say, hey, if you aren't doing this, then you aren't real cool like the rest of us that are. That's at best. At worst, different groups have sometimes said, if you aren't doing this particular manifestation, you aren't saved. Now, that's really bad. When I was a kid, I was part of this uh, group, and they, they talked a lot about sanctification. And sanctification is a theological term, Uh, but what they were talking about was really this reality that the Holy Spirit can break off of you sin in a moment. He can free you from addictions, things like, how many of you ever heard a testimony of somebody that was an alcoholic or a drug addict or something like that, and in a moment, God took that away. And we know it's supernatural. I had a a a, a guy that uh, was sort of my overseer when I worked for Andrew Womack, and and he had a testimony. He was an alcoholic. He drank about a, a quart of whiskey a day uh, to feel normal. And to come off of that in a moment is really dangerous because your brain begins to change in order to, uh, you know, your brain chemistry becomes dependent upon that alcohol. And, and, but Jesus healed him. And so in one moment, he was totally free from it and uh, never shook, never had any withdrawal. No, no problems. I would call that a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. It's a way it, the Holy Spirit came into his body and began to change his brain chemistry so that he could be free from alcoholism. It was a miracle. Amen. How many of you are thankful for that? Oh, yes. Now, now, is that the only kind of manifestation that it's okay to have? No, no it's okay to have lots of, lots of different types of manifestations. In this one group I was part of, that was really the only thing that we ever talked about was how the Holy Spirit could help you get free from sin. And that's awesome. I'm thankful for the fact that the Holy Spirit can get you free from sin. But what if you aren't in bondage to a lot of sin? Is the Holy Spirit done with you? No, No, he's got a lot more to give you. Another group that I was involved in, you know, they they had this idea that speaking in tongues was was it. And man, if you didn't speak in tongues again at, at best, you weren't that cool. At worst, you weren't saved. And that also is foolish. Now, the Holy Spirit can help you speak in tongues, and that's kind of what we're talking about today. But I want you to just, just chill a little bit and recognize that if, if I'm not doing this one particular manifestation, there's lots of other ways that the Holy Spirit has shown up and done different things in my life. And as I am thankful for the things that the Holy Spirit is doing, I can experience more of of other things that He wants to do. We want to be a church that recognizes and honors all of the different things that the Holy Spirit wants to do. And we do not want you to feel guilty or like a second-class citizen or something if you aren't currently experiencing whatever manifestation we're, we're talking about. Everybody with me there? Yes. We also want to be a church that if you want to experience some kind of manifestation of the Holy Spirit, that will help you. Amen. Because it's not hard for God to do these things and it's not hard for you to experience them. So I'm going to talk about one manifestation of the Holy Spirit. The reason I use that word is because that's what the word the Bible uses in 1 Corinthians 12. It calls speaking in tongues a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. But all that word means is a revealing or a A making clear of. But is everybody, I just want everybody, everybody just, is everybody chilled? Everybody okay? Everything is all right. You're going, everybody say this with me. I'm going to be be. (laughs) okay. Okay. (laughs) All right. So, number three, speaking in tongues is one of the most prominent manifestations described in the book of Acts, and it's often the first one that people experience when they're filled. With the Holy Spirit. If you read Acts honestly, and you read First Corinthians and a bunch of other books of the Bible, uh, you have to—I don't know—just sort of skim over stuff to not not see people that the people, that fact that people spoke in tongues. Yes. So, number four, what is speaking in tongues? Well, the Bible describes two uses uh, for speaking in tongues, and I'm going to go through both of them um, really quickly this morning. There is the personal prayer language and the public speaking gift. The personal prayer language and the public speaking gift. Let's start with praying in your prayer language. If you have your Bible, you can look at 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14. It says this, For if I pray in an unknown tongue... My spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So what is speaking in tongues? Letter A, your spirit is communicating directly to God's Spirit, and your mind doesn't understand what you're saying. One time I was praying with a gentleman, and and he wanted to speak in tongues, and so we prayed, and then he started to speak in tongues, and after a little bit he stopped me and he said, Max, I don't know what I'm saying. And I said, good. You're just like the Apostle Paul. Now, when I was a teenager and I started to speak in tongues, my pastor at the time, he was a really godly man and loved Jesus, um, but he, he uh, took me out to lunch and explained to me that speaking in tongues was invented in the 60s by hippies. And that when Paul was talking about this, that he was talking about um, the fact that he was multilingual. And it's true that Paul was multilingual. He spoke multiple languages but what he's saying right here his understanding is unfruitful he's speaking a language that his brain doesn't doesn't know that's that's how you know it's a manifestation of the holy spirit because if i spoke if i speak english (laughs) that's not that's well i mean i could be giving a message inspired by the holy spirit but but it's i can speak english on my own everybody with me all right When you pray in tongues, first, what's the benefit of this whole deal? Why do do people even want to do this? You know, and and because your brain doesn't understand what you're saying, sometimes people's brain, sometimes people are just wired like me, and you just love weird stuff. You just don't care. But other people are real logical and, and everything, and they're like, I'm praying in tongues, and I don't like the fact that I don't understand. What? Why would I do this? I don't know what I'm saying. And uh, so there's, there's benefits to it. So let's read about what the benefits are. 1 Corinthians 14, 17, it says, For thou truly give thanks well. This is talking about if you pray in tongues. But the other is not edified. So when you, when you speak in tongues, you give thanks well. Now, he's saying you ought to go on to prophesy because if I just stood up here and, and spoke in tongues, you wouldn't understand what I was saying. It wouldn't benefit you. But... Um, if you're in your own private time with God, praying in tongues is a great way to give thanks to God. And then it goes on and says in 1 Corinthians fourteen four, he that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself, but he that prophesies edifies the church. And um, boy, that that's not the right scripture there in Jude. Anyway, I must have wrote it down wrong, but uh, I apologize. <laughs> Let's go over to Jude 23. The pastor's fallible, all right? Let's go. Jude's right before Revelation. And it says in verse 20, not verse 23, but you beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So when you, that's talking about praying in tongues. When you pray in tongues, you edify yourself, you build yourself up on your most holy. Holy faith, let her see as edifies. It just means to strengthen you. 1 Corinthians fourteen two says that you pray the hidden wisdom of God. I got to kind of move to get through all this, so I'm not going to fully talk through this. But one of the one of the ways that that speaking in tongues helps you is that it causes the Scripture to come alive to you. It helps you get revelation from God. And it's because you're speaking out these mysteries in your spirit. I can still remember. As I was 14, 15 when I started speaking in tongues, and the Bible became a new book to me. I I, opened, I mean, I, I still didn't understand a lot of it, but as I read it, it was like it was alive for the first time. Previously, I would read it, and I was just like, man, this is, this is rough uh, reading this. But, but I read it because I was trying to be a good Christian. But anyway, it, it brings the Scripture alive. Uh, There's scripture references for that. It it releases peace in your heart. You can look that up later. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 14, 5. This is kind of a point of contention, and I want to kind of explain it to you. Um, My blank there, anyone can do it. Let's read 1 Corinthians 14, 5. Paul said, I wish that you all would speak in tongues, but would rather that you prophesied. And then later he says, you all can prophesy. One by one. So Paul's saying, hey, all you guys ought to speak in tongues. Now that's, that's confusing to some people because he says earlier, and we'll read this scripture, he says, Do, does everybody speak with other tongues? Does everybody, Is everybody an apostle? Is everybody all these different things? And the answer to that is, is no. And why is that that way? To understand that, you've got to kind of understand the big picture of what Paul's trying to deal with in these chapters. He's talking about in point six, the necessity of organizing public meetings. If you look at 1 Corinthians 11, this kind of gives some context to what he says. 1 Corinthians eleven seventeen. 17. Now in this I declare unto you, I praise you not, that you come together not for the better, but for the worse. What's he saying? He's saying when you guys are getting together, as a group of believers, it's actually, not, it's actually hurting you, not helping you. And he goes on to explain a bunch of different reasons in the next chapters why it was a problem. And uh, one of the things he talks about in verse Corinthians 11, some people were showing up drunk. Other people were showing up with a whole bunch of food and somebody else didn't have any food. And, and they're arguing about it and all kinds of stuff. Then later you find out in 1 Corinthians 14 that they were having these wild charismatic meetings. Most, most Christians have probably never been in an environment where, where somebody had to go in there and tell you you had to calm down. I would much rather preside over a meeting where I had to tell people to calm down than I have to tell them to, to perk up. Okay, But we've all, had, we've all had about 2,000 years of of a uh, bunch of people telling you you got to sit down and shut up and be solemn and, and all this. And so, uh, Paul, the, the Corinthians, uh, they didn't have that problem. They were part of a, a, a party culture, and, you know, Jesus is, is pro-party. The first miracle he ever did was turn water into wine. The church has been trying to turn it back ever since then, but anyway, he he did he did that, and... And so the Corinthians, sorry, the Corinthians were having this wild charismatic meeting and Paul, Paul's saying, look, you got to get all things to be done decently and in order. And the reason he said this is apparently there were so many people, there was so much manifestation in the Holy Spirit there were like a whole bunch of people trying to give a message in tongues and an interpretation at the same time there were people yelling across the aisles at each other asking their husbands for questions in the middle of service there was a whole bunch of prophets all trying to give prophetic words at the same time it was it was just madness i would have actually love to have been there and, and see it i mean it was wild and so he's saying you guys have got to you guys got to have some kind of order to what you're doing because it's not actually benefiting anybody. And he says, if somebody came to your service, they'd think you were nuts. Right, right. That's what he says. Now, with that in context, let's, let's read 1 Corinthians 12, verse 28. So he's talking about church meetings. He's not talking about you privately in your house or you in some other setting. And he says in 1 Corinthians 12, 12, verse 28, God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. After that, miracles, gifts of healings, help, government, diversity, tongues. Verse 29, question, are all apostles? Is everybody in charge of the church meeting? No. Why? Because there's got to be some kind of order. Somebody's got to be in charge. Doesn't mean that they're, you know doesn't mean you have to just do everything I say or anything, but it means there's got to be some kind of order. Right. Is everybody a prophet? No. One time a guy... <laughs> I don't know if I should tell this story, but anyway. <laughs> so, so I was I an was associate pastor for several years at this large church in Colorado Springs. And one day we had this meeting, and, and this guy I'd never met came up to me, and he said, I'm a prophet. And I said, Great. And, and he said, you know, he proceeded to explain to me basically that we should, we should support him financially. We should give to him. And I said, well, I don't, I don't know who you are. Why would I? I don't know you. And he's like, well, but I'm a, I'm a prophet. And you guys have lots of money. And, and so you ought, to, you ought to pay for me to go to this conference. And I was like, hey, I don't know who you are. I'm not just going to give you money because you say you're a prophet. Now, now, sometimes sometimes, you know, we, we give people that you know, those in need and all this, but this guy wasn't in need. He was trying to tell me he was a, he was a prophet to our church. And he might be a prophet, but he wasn't a prophet to our church cuz he hadn't he didn't have any relationship with us. Right, right. And so, you know, you, you, that kind of thing happens through relationship. And is everybody a prophet in, in your personal life? If, if a random person walks up to you and gives you a prophetic word, that's, that's great. Maybe they're right on. But, but there should be people that you have relationship with that the words they give you and the things they t- say to you have, have greater influence in your life than some, some person on the street. Yes. That, that will keep you safe. Yes. That's why it's good to be part of a church where, where there's people around you that can help you not do stuff that's crazy just because somebody said something weird to you. So is everybody a prophet? No. Does that mean everybody can't prophesy? No, because no, he says later you guys can all prophesy. Is everybody a prophet? No, no but everybody can prophesy. Is everybody an apostle? No. no, but can anybody start a business or be in a leadership role or have a... Have a the apostolic anointing is a leadership anointing. It's a foundational anointing. And so a lot of people aren't necessarily apostles, but they're apostolic in, in the way that they do things. This is this making sense to you? Are so are all prophets? Are all apostles? No. Are all workers of, of miracles? Does everybody pray for the sick at every church meeting? No, why? Because, again, there's got to be some kind of order. And there's got to be, hopefully, somebody that's, that's trained to do something. But does that mean you can't pray for somebody in your house? Does the fact that there's trained prayer ministers here mean you can't pray for your kids? No, that'd be stupid. Do all have the gift of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? What is he saying in there about tongues? Does everybody get up at a public meeting and give a message in tongues? No, because you can't, because even, even this smaller group, we'd be here, you know, a long time. There's got to be some order. Does that mean you can't, in your own private time, pray in tongues to God? Absolutely not. And I would argue that actually anybody can give a gift in tongues or give a message in tongues in the church, Certainly, it comes easier to some people than others, but I was giving this example to um, uh, Barbara and Henry a minute ago. Is Michael Jordan a really great basketball player? Yes. Is he gifted, naturally, as a basketball player? Yes. Did he also work really, really hard? Yes. Okay. Does the fact that Michael Jordan exists mean that I should not play basketball? And yet, and yet in the church, this is what we do. We look at people that, that are gifted and have worked really, really hard, and they're amazing at what they do, and we think, well, I'm not that person, so I must not prophesy, pray for the sick, evangelize. Okay, you may not be Billy Graham, but, but you can certainly share your faith with somebody and get them, get them born again. That's what he's saying in this, in this passage of Scripture. So he's not saying, you know, no, not everybody can speak in tongues. He's saying, he's saying there's got to be order in, in the public setting and all this. So what is the public gift of tongues? Number seven there in, in your notes, public gift of tongues. It's just, uh, let's just read what the Scripture says about it. 1 Corinthians 14. 1 through 14. Let's read a bunch of Scripture. Follow after uh, love and desire spiritual gifts. Everybody see that right there? Desire spiritual gifts. And the word gifts is in italics because it's not actually there in the the Greek language. Uh, Paul actually says desire spiritual stuff. I think it's better not to really call them gifts because we have a wrong understanding of gifts in our culture where we think you've either got a gift or you don't. I took a spiritual gifts test when I was 12, and I had, like, none of them. <laughs> and if I would look, if I'd looked at that test and I thought, well, I, can't, I better not do anything in the, in the church, I'm not gifted, uh, then I, I probably wouldn't be right here. That's not how it works. These are are things you grow into. They're like like skills. Now, do some of them come more easily to you than others? Sure. Teaching like this is something that came more easily to me than than something else. I'll tell you another thing we do that's silly. We often talk about how God uses our weakness, right? A lot of times people will, will look at their life and they'll say, what's the thing I'm worst at? That must be what God's called me to do. (laughs) Maybe, but maybe not. Now, the reason we do that is because we hear stories of people like me that are ministers, and they'll say this, when I was a kid, I was an introvert, and I hated talking in front of people, and I was scared to do it. But now I'm, you know, now I'm a great speaker. I'm thankful for that. It's a great testimony. And it shows you that you can't, you can't necessarily count yourself out because you're scared of something. Amen. Fear tries to keep you out of your destiny. So I'm totally with that. But I have the opposite testimony. I've always loved to do this. Always. And if I followed that mentality, I thought, I like, well, I can't do this because it's too easy. Well, anyway, (laughs) follow after love and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. He that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. For no man understands him, howbeit in his spirit he speaks mysteries. But he that prophesies speaks to men for edification, exhortation, and comfort. He that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself, but he that prophesies edifies the church. I wish that you would all speak in tongues, but I'd rather have you prophesy... For greater is he that prophesies than he that speaks in tongues, except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. And he goes on from there. But basically what he's saying is that speaking in tongues in a public setting, is somebody could get up here and they could give a message in tongues, and then somebody else or the same person could interpret what was said. And all that is is a, a way of God giving a specific message that's on his heart, for that moment. Uh, it's, he does it through imperfect people. Sometimes you'll see people get real weird about it. And you know. And, and all this. And, and you don't have to do it that way. You can do it that way if you want. I don't care about the weirdness. I'm not weirded out easily. But some people are. So I would encourage you. just, just If you have a message from God. Just say. I feel like God is saying. And then say it. You don't have to say. Thus saith God, and then speak in Old Testament old Old English. It's not more anointed if you if you do it in Old English or actually Elizabethan English. Anyway, plus you can prophesy on the street, and I don't know about you, but I've never tried to you know trying to speak in Shakespearean English to some guy on the street is probably not the best strategy. (laughs) So when I give a word to somebody that's outside of the church, I just I just say, hey. Hey, you know, I just, God really appreciates this about you. Or, or I feel like God is saying this about you. So anyway, uh, letter B, sometimes people stress out. It's not a big deal if someone gives a tongue and it doesn't get interpreted. So <laughs> I've seen this in church. Somebody gets up and says, you should give it will sign the DM, I'll shut." And they're giving this message in tongues. And then everybody's looking around. Where's the interpretation? Where's the interpretation? And then if nobody says anything, every, panic grips everybody. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh, God spoke to us. God spoke to us, and we didn't hear what he said. How many times a day do you think God speaks to you, and you didn't, and you didn't hear what he, what he said? Okay? It's, it's okay if somebody gives a message in tongues, and, and it's not interpreted. It's better if it is, because then you're blessed by it, but the world doesn't end. Nobody dies. But just chill. <laughs> just relax a little bit. This stuff's not weird. It's normal. You don't have to be weird when you do it. Uh, it's, just, it's just part of Christianity. Um, so how do, I, how do I speak in tongues? Here's the crux of it. It's as simple as A, B, C. Again, you don't have to speak in tongues. God loves you. You can do amazing things without it, but it's a good gift. And if you want to do it, then we want to help you. How do I do it? Luke 11.13 says that uh, our Father's a good Father and He knows how to give the Holy Spirit to those that ask. So letter A, just ask to be filled, um, ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit and help you speak in tongues. Then letter B, Mark 11.24 says that whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. Ask God, believe that you've received it, and then you've got to open your mouth and you've got you to say something. 1 Corinthians 14, 15, Paul says, I will pray with my spirit, and I will pray with my understanding. That means that praying in tongues is an act of your will. It means it's a decision you make. It means that God doesn't jump on you and force you to do it. I'm not saying he can't do that or that that has never happened, but I'm saying the majority of the time, you open your mouth and you make a decision. Paul said, I can decide whether to speak in tongues or whether to speak in English. I can speak in tongues whenever I want, but I don't speak in tongues very much up here because that wouldn't help you. Right, amen. I do that with my, my relationship with God. Or if I had a message in tongues, which I've, we've never done that because I've never taught on it because we're like three months old. So anyway, now we've taught on it. Now, if any of you ever get a message in tongues, just come up and, and let me know and we'll, we'll let you give it. All right. That's pretty simple. Ask, believe, do it. Let's all stand up. Ask, believe, do it. Uh, I've got awesome prayer ministers. If my prayer team could come down here. These are awesome people that, that um, speak in tongues and know how to do that. And uh, they can help you if you would like to. No pressure. God loves you whether you do it or not, right? But it'll help you. It'll edify you. It'll strengthen you. You guys want to spread it. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. Um, so in just a minute, I'm going to uh, invite, if you want to, to come down. You can, you can uh, have these guys pray with you. They'll help you speak in tongues if you would like to. If you need prayer for something else, uh, don't feel like you can only come down to, to uh, speak in tongues. They'll, they'll pray with you about anything. Um, if you don't know jesus is your savior if you've never been born again that's the most important thing Uh, you need to come down and and accept jesus and uh, he'll change your life amen also uh, somebody we felt like had a problem with their right ankle and another person with the right wrist molly and i'll be down here if if that's you if you want to come down here we'll pray for you God will heal you. So um, anyway, we just love you guys. I'm gonna pray I'm gonna pray for everybody. Uh, but we just wanted to give you this opportunity. Uh, come down here and receive and, uh, and from God. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your power. Let your kingdom come right now. Let your glory come right now. Holy Spirit, we thank you for manifesting yourself in a variety of ways. In in particular, this this gift of speaking in tongues. And Lord, I thank you that you're helping people receive it this morning. Thank you that you're helping people receive healing, breakthrough, financial provision. And Lord, we just speak blessing and honor over everybody. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to thank you guys so much for coming. We we love you. We appreciate you.